As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and I'm the host of Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast. I'm a registered nurse with 20 years experience in labor and delivery and 10 working in global maternal health. I'm the author of Common Sense Pregnancy, and this podcast is my way of talking about everything we couldn't fit in the book and a whole lot more. With new guests and experts every week, we talk about pregnancy, parenting, politics, feminism, and health care, all of it. Come find us on iTunes, Libsyn, Stitcher, and the Parents on Demand Network. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. Thanks so much for being here with us. As always, you can listen to us on the Parents On Demand app. Go to parentsondemand.com and check us out there along with all the amazing other shows. Download the app to either your iPhone or your Android device, and that's where you can listen to us. Okay, Parents On Demand. Remember, the pod network, and the link to that will be in today's show notes, along with anything else that we drop or reference in the show ever will be in the show notes for you. So highly recommend going there to check that out, as well as connecting with us, contacting us, going to our website, buying your Doing It At Home shirts, your have babies where you make them, t- tanks, t-shirts, 
sweatshirts, whatever weather it is, wherever you are right now, there is a style, a color for you that you can rock. So go to our website and you can check out the shop from there. And today we have a rebroadcast for you, a fan favorite episode, and also great timing to celebrate Pride Month. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about doing this show and that we have discovered for ourselves and been able to experience is the uniqueness in all of us and all of the ways to create a family have our babies, raise our babies, all of that. So just to honor that uniqueness is a really beautiful thing. So we had a home birth, but that doesn't have to be everyone's experience. We conceived through sexual intercourse. That does not have to be everyone's experience. And so wanted to take a moment and in today's rebroadcast, celebrate that and celebrate Pride Month. And we're rebroadcasting a story with Caitlin Thompson and It was our first episode on the show highlighting an LGBTQIA story and family. So Caitlin and her wife show and their journey. And this was the first part of their story. So if you want to check out the second part, I'll include a link in today's show notes. But there's a I'll give you a little bit more context before the episode starts. But just want to share that. And thank you to Caitlin and show and happy Pride Month, everyone. So here's a quick word from our sponsor and then we'll get into the story. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Caitlin, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. How are you? 
I'm great. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. I'm super excited. I am too. So we've had some really cool email exchanges back and forth when you first reached out to us, um, sharing some feedback on one of our episodes. And um, we've had quite the journey to get to this conversation with this flu season that has, you know, swept the the nation and the and the, the our, our continent. But um, you know, we rescheduled a few times, but we are here and we are healthy. And I'm just so grateful to you for taking the time to hang out with us. So thank you. And um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and where you're at? Because this isn't necessarily a birth story yet. We're still planning, correct? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be happy to tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Caitlin um, and I live in Canada. Um, I live in a small town just north of Toronto called Uxbridge. Um, I am married to my wonderful wife. Uh, her name is Shona. Um, and we have two dogs, um, Millie and Lacey. They're both rescues um, and we love them a whole lot. And we are growing our family. Um, I am currently about 28 weeks pregnant. Um, and so we're planning a home birth and I'm super excited excited to share my journey with you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember in your email to me, you said, we're going to do it at home. <laughs> and it's just yeah. so funny how that's, that's just the natural organic kind of phrase that comes up a lot. And when we started the show, you know, Matthew and I, we didn't even think of that as what we didn't think of it as like a phrase that a lot of people would say, but that's what we found ourselves saying. And then since then, it's funny how, you know, people reach out to us and stuff. And that's just such a common phrase around it, you know, do it at home. <laughs> yeah, totally. So given, you know, we talked a little bit before hitting record a little bit different in terms of family planning than I guess what, what is typical now though? I mean, in terms of, of, family and, and growing family and, and love and all of that, you know, which is an entirely different conversation, but, uh, what was, and what has the journey been like for you and for Shona in terms of when you decided you wanted to grow your family and getting pregnant, what's that been like? What's the, the routes and the options for you? Yeah, absolutely. So been quite a journey. Mm. Um, um, so I'll go, I'll go back and tell you a little bit of history. So Shona and I have been together for about uh, six years. Mm -hmm. um, we just celebrated our three year wedding anniversary. So we've been married for three. Mm. Um, and I would say that we sort of started our planning slash pregnancy process about two and a half years ago. We started in August of 2015. Wow. Um, so it has been a long journey. Yeah. Um, and we're super excited to finally be here. At times, you know, along the way, it felt like it was never going to happen. It mm. was, you know, it was quite, it was quite a process. Um, so yeah, so I would say that um, I sort of started doing research, you know, pretty shortly after we had gotten married, we both knew that we wanted to be parents. Um, I think I had always been a little bit more sure than show. Mm. Um, she, um, you know, she isn't the birth parent. She, um, I'm the one who's going to be the gestational carrier. Okay. Um, and you know, she always knew that she didn't want to be pregnant. So I think mm. for her, um, you know, it's been a little bit different because she, knew she didn't want to be pregnant, but knew she wanted to be a parent. And so, you know, combining those things were, was a little bit more unknown for her. And then when we got married, knowing that I wanted to be pregnant, it sort of opened up a new door for her. Mm, so that's, that's pretty beautiful. Cool, I think. Yeah, that's really cool how that worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so once we decided to start trying, um, because we can't, you know, just hop into bed, um, <laughs> you know, we sort of had to figure out, so to figure out, you know, how we were going to go about um, this journey. 
So I actually have a friend who works in um, the medical field at an OBGYN's office. Um, and so she actually connected us with a fertility clinic that is in Mississauga, which is actually about an hour away from our house. So that was sort of where we started. Um, and I'll say that, you know, if there are others out there who are starting this journey, I don't recommend finding a clinic that's that far away because mm. you're going to be there a lot. Okay. Um, and finding something that's closer to home is definitely what I would recommend. Mm. Um, but so yeah, so we started out there and met with the doctor um, to discuss our options. And what you just think is best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So it is a lot to think about. Um, you know, I, I would say that both show and I are, um, you know, more of the mind that the more information that our child has, the better. Mm. Um, you know, so when we, we de- did end up deciding to go with an unknown donor, when we began our process, um, I'll let you know that that changes later. Okay. Um, but, um, so, so we decided to go with an open ID because I okay. think, you know, eventually if our child is asking questions and wants to know more about their genetic um, history, um, we felt that it was really important that that they had the option to learn a little bit more about the donor. Right. And Um, that means just so that I'm clear, that means the donor is agreed. Is it in agreement with that as well? You know, that they would be okay being contacted 18 years later or whatever that case is. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, and so I don't know whether or not that it would be that the child could contact the individual. It would be more that the child would have a file the info. Okay. You know, that would have gotcha. like an essay from the donor. It would have some pictures, um, you know, information about their family. Um, I'm not entirely certain. I, I mean, I could I could look into that a little mm. bit further, but I know that the, the open ID means that they can learn more about the donor. Got it. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then the second thing that we had to think about was how we were going to try and get pregnant. So how we were going to inseminate. Mm. Um, so there's a couple of different options, um, when you go with the, um, like if you go with sperm bank sperm. So, um, sperm bank sperm is basically sperm that has been taken from the donor, um, which has then been washed. So the semen is, um, stripped from the, the the sperm wow. um, so you get basically like just the um just the swimmers and full not concentration yeah okay exactly. all right <laughs> yeah and, and then it's frozen okay so basically you go through a catalog online um of, of a whole bunch of different people and you pick your donor and then you can order the sperm online um and you either go with um you can have something called an IUI, which is intrauterine insemination, okay. um, which would happen at the fertility clinic because what happens is the doctor will take that um, sample and put it through a catheter through your cervix directly into your uterus. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit more medical. Okay. Or you can do, I think, something that's called ICI, which is intracervical um, insemination. So that would be sort of more your do it at home um, okay. where you would actually be able to just put the sperm like up inside of you. Wow. Essentially. Okay. Um, and so having discussed the options with our doctor, we decided to go the IUI route because um, it gets the sperm a little bit closer to where it needs to go. Okay. Um, and so you have a little bit of a higher chance. Having said that, it's still, I think, I think the statistics are that, you know, with every time you try and get pregnant, you have about a like 10 to 20% chance of getting pregnant. Mm. Um, so, 
so that's where we started. We decided that we were going to go with an unknown open ID donor and that we were going to try IUI. Wow. Um, and with that, uh, we then started a process called cycle monitoring where um, the, the clinic actually monitors your cycles um, so that they can track when you're going to ovulate so that we inseminate at the correct time. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I was going to ask, you know, if you were doing any any of that on your own, but that makes total sense that it would be under Mm -hmm. a little bit more um, regimented monitoring. And then were you doing other things as well to increase your chances of conception? You know, were you eating differently or were you taking anything? You know, what was there anything in that area? Yeah, so I would say in the beginning of our journey, I was like I was less knowledgeable. And mm-hmm. so, you know, as I said, we started in August of 2015. We're now in 2018. So there was a bit of a journey in terms of sort of like how I changed my diet. I did see a naturopath eventually. Um, so there were a number of things that I did. Um, in the beginning, I would say that I sort of carried on as usual. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And why I didn't get pregnant right away. So we did a number of rounds of the cycle monitoring, which includes going in between. So on day three of your period, you go in and get sort of a baseline check. So they check your blood and they do an internal ultrasound where they look to see, you know, are your ovaries actually growing follicles at this stage? Mm. Um, The blood work tests your hormones to say, you know, like, do you have an ideal amount of estrogen? How is your thyroid doing? And how is your LH hormone doing? Um, and so that's where you start. And if they say, you know, everything is good, then we're going to go ahead with that cycle. Um, wow. Then between day 10 and 16, you basically go in every other day to do the same procedure. So you have blood work done and you have ultrasounds done to say, you know, how are your hormones doing <clears throat> and are your follicles growing? Like, do you even have one? Because sometimes like you just don't ovulate certain months. Um, so you do that between day 10 and 16 to track your ovulation. Um, and when your LH hormone spikes and your follicles are a good size, which is usually over 2.2 millimeters, um, they schedule your IUI. Wow. So, so yeah, so I just quite involved. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to make some comments here. One, I mean, multiple things come up for me. One, you are extremely, extremely knowledgeable in this process, it it seems, which makes a lot of sense. And I think it's awesome Two, what it brings up for me is I feel like I don't understand all of how my reproductive system works. Just as you were, (laughs) you know, breaking down things. I'm like, uh, I don't, I didn't know that, or I don't know how that works. And it makes me think that, you know, the female reproductive organs are kind of like the deep sea of the of the human body you know like there's so much of the sea we haven't discovered or or learned about or explored I I feel like that's how it is for a lot of women you know and men um just to learn how your body works and how your body can create life in that sense and all of the things that need to be in place you don't think about all of the things that need to be in alignment for conception to happen but you kind of got the real insiders behind the scenes look at that it seems like Yeah. And I would say, you know, like, I think you're bang on there. Um, I think especially to um, being, you know, being young, a younger person. And before I had come out as LGBTQ, um, you know, I don't think that I really thought about all that was involved in trying to get pregnant. Mm. And so, you know, in a way, I almost grieved that a little bit that like, Mm. I couldn't just 
get pregnant, you know? Um, I can understand and, that. And as a teenager, like you spend so much time trying not to get pregnant, um, <laughs> but then to like learn about how it really is a miracle and how so many different things need to align in order for conception to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it really put things into perspective for me. Yeah. Um, especially because, you know, we did end up trying quite a, like it took us a really long time to get here. So, you know, I kind of thought I'm super healthy. My mom was super fertile. She had no problem getting pregnant. Like I'm just going to do one IUI and bang, we're going to be pregnant. Yeah. And that's not at all at all how it happened. Yeah. And so, you, yeah. Know, you mentioned earlier, this, this clinic is about an hour away. So if you just described, you know, one cycle, you know, how you're traveling back and forth, you're doing this for years eventually, right? This, this process yeah. of a lot of traveling back and forth. And then how, how many times were, did you go through an insemination process where, you know, how many rounds of that did you end up going through? Yeah, so we ended up doing five unsuccessful IUIs. Okay. Um, so, and so we did take quite a long break, I would say between 2016 and 2017. Okay. I, um, you know, when you're not getting pregnant, I also didn't realize the emotional journey that it takes you on. Um, yeah. Because every month, and it's, and especially when you're doing it in a clinic, mm. um, it's so in your face you know, you're being monitored so closely. Um, it's these early mornings where I would be driving, um, an hour to the clinic to then sit in a waiting room with like 15 other women who are doing the exact same thing as me and understanding that we're all there trying to get pregnant for the same cause. And we're all struggling at the same time. And it was, it was intense. Um, and, and it was challenging and you become, uh, almost obsessed with it. So I then started tracking my own cycle. So I was, you know, doing my basal body temperature. I was peeing on ovulation sticks. I was doing a ton of different things because I was, why isn't this working? Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not getting pregnant? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we tried five times. Um, two of those times, we actually even tried um, medicated cycles. So I was then doing injections to up my follicle count. Um, and so that added another layer to the whole process. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so it was it was quite something. Um, and it was really hard. Yeah. I, so, I, I'm curious, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, you and Shona through this process and how, you know, it, I'm sure it, it tested and strengthened parts. I'm sure there were some moments where you were brought closer together, maybe some the opposite. You know, how did you find you know, strength and connection within each other and your relationship and your marriage, you know, through a, yeah. a very trying time. Absolutely. So, you know, I would say that I have a wonderful partner and mm. she's super supportive. Um, however, it is a solitary experience because it's my body. Mm. So I think at times it, it was difficult because she didn't know how she could help me right. and I didn't know how she could help me either. You know? So, I mean, the only thing that we could do was be there for each other and, you know, always be open and honest about how we're feeling. And, you know, when we decided to take a break, that was totally a mutual agreement that, you know, we both were feeling the stress that we needed to take a break, that it was all encompassing in our lives and we needed to take a step back and just enjoy each other for a while. Yeah. So, you know, it was, um, you know, it, I would say that it was an exercise in um, communication mm -hmm. and, you know, learning how to support each other. And, and I love those things because, like, it just makes us stronger in the long run. Mm. Um, but it didn't come without its, like, pain, like, moments of pain, you know? Absolutely.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So if we could jump forward a little bit, then what was the successful IU I like? And yeah. So that? <laughs> I feel like our, um, like, I feel like our journey is really interesting too. So, um, so we did end up taking a break um, and then we did two more IUIs um, and they also didn't work. And at this point, we were running out of money um, because all of this is not, I mean, we do have really wonderful health care. So all of the psycho monitoring is covered. The visits to the doctor is covered here in Canada. However, the medications and the sperm um, are not. Mm. So um, also the procedure itself is not covered. So, you know, every month we're looking at expenses of, you know, upwards of 1500 to $2,000. Um, so it does add up. And so we were sort of getting to this point where we were like, we can't do this anymore. Like I just, I can't. Um, So we then started exploring using a known donor. Mm. So that changes the game entirely. Um, And we also switched fertility clinics because the drive to Mississauga was killing me. Um, You know, I have a full-time job. I work downtown trying to get to the clinic in the morning and then get to work. um, You know, it was super challenging. Mm. So um, we switched to a clinic that is more like 35 minutes away. Um, so that made things a lot easier. Um, still continued with the cycle monitoring um, and then ended up switching to a known donor. So what so, was that? And does that mean someone, you know, in your, in your circle of friends or extended acquaintances? Is that what known means? That's exactly what it means. Okay, yeah. cool. So, cool. Um, you know, in our initial, I've always, 
I've always been open to using a known donor. I believe that, you know, families are something that we build out of love. And, mm. you know, if we have somebody in our lives who is willing to help us with their genetic material and mm-hmm. can be um, somewhat removed from what that means, um, I think that that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Shona, had, a, I think, had a little bit more of some hesitation around it. Uh, particularly because she's not going to be the gestational parent. Sure. Um, I think she she had to come um, to the understanding that this child is hers no matter what. And even if we do know the donor, it doesn't mean that they're more connected to the child than she is. So I think, you know, she had a little bit more work to do emotionally sure. um, to be able to c- become comfortable with that. I get it. That's big. That's I, yeah, it totally is understandable. It's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we ended up with using um, a friend of ours um, who lives near us. Um, and then we switched from doing the inseminations at the clinic to doing the inseminations ourselves. Oh, um, okay, cool. So the complicated part about using a known donor is that if you do inseminations at a clinic, they, you then need to send the person's sperm to a sperm bank to then be washed and quarantined for six months because there are regulations around mm. not having your own partner um, impregnate you. Okay. Okay. So what we decided to do was skip that step and just do inseminations at home. So essentially, I mean, and this is sort of where the story gets kind of hilarious because yes. <laughs> you then end up going to your friend's house and our friends, you know, have children and, you know, So we go to the friend's house and we're like, all right, so you're going to go upstairs now while your kids are running around and like produce this sample for us. (laughs) Um, So, you know, like it's actually a funny story and that like, you know, we'll be sitting in the backyard while our friend is upstairs doing his thing. Um, And um, come, you know, like I remember the first time that he did it, he came down, he was so proud of himself, you know, he was like, guys, like I got it for you and like hands it off. um, (laughs) Give over the guts. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's essentially how that happened. So he would produce a sample. Um, we then would get in the car and race home because sperm only lives outside the body for an hour once it's produced Mm -hmm. and you need to keep it at body temperature. So literally we would be driving home with this sample in my bra to keep Mm. it at body temperature, um, until we got home and could inseminate at home. Wow. So how many times did you do that? So we did that a total of three times. Okay. Um, I feel like this is such a saga because we ended up using those donors for two tries um, and then mutually agreed that it was too complicated and wasn't working out for us. Um, And so we didn't end up getting pregnant with our original known donor. Okay. And so then... um, so when we ended up getting pregnant, um, we, so we had discussed with the original known donor, um, I, this it's sort of difficult to explain. So we had discussed with our original known donor to try that month. Um, and sort of at the last minute when I was sort of scheduled to ovulate, um, they backed out because they felt like it was too much and they needed a break. Okay. And I think like, I do believe in, Um, sort of the energies of the universe sort of Uh, working out uh. the way they should, because I think Shona and I also were sort of feeling the same pressure that, you know, 
Um, as much as we love this couple and they're amazing and we will be forever grateful for them to opening up their lives in this way, um, there was something that wasn't quite cosmically aligned. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, when they pulled the plug on that, um, I was super disappointed because we've been trying for so long and I just so badly wanted to be pregnant. Um, And I, I really, like I was pretty devastated because I was like, what are we going to do now? Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of out of options. Um, and I remember Shona and I were at the cottage and we were making dinner and my best friend and her husband who live in Montreal, which is about a five hour drive from where we live, um, were actually coming over to spend the night with us the following night. And they had always mentioned to us that they would be open to, um, to doing this for us. Mm. Um, when we first, uh, started discussing it. Shona didn't know them as well. This is a friend that I've had since I was five years old. Um, you know, she's my best friend in the whole world and, um, you know, we're super connected. Um, so didn't know them as well. And so she was less comfortable with the idea, but over the six years that we've been together, she's gotten to know them a lot better and realized that, you know, she really, really thinks they're wonderful too and loves them, you know, to the end, to the end of the earth and back. Um, and so, you know, we were sitting there making dinner together and I looked at her and I was like, oh my goodness, like, what if we asked Lauren and Josh? And she kind of stopped and looked at me and she was like, yeah, why don't we? Mm. (laughs) So, so literally the day before they were coming over, um, I called Josh and said, you know, Shona and I were just talking you know, you know, we've been trying to get pregnant for this long, you know, would you be open to donating? And he literally took like two seconds and he was like, absolutely, I would love to. Wow. And I was like, well, don't you need to talk to your wife first? And he was like, oh, she'll be fine. But yeah, I probably should. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, we hang up the phone and like 10 minutes later, you know, he calls me back and he said, she's totally on board. Um, let's do it. Wow. So, yeah. So the next night they came over. Um, And it was the perfect timing and we made a beautiful dinner together and had a lovely evening. And again, you know, had the awkward moment of being like, all right, buddy. (laughs) Um, And he, you know, went and did his thing and then we went and did our thing um, and went to bed. And then it was pretty funny the next morning, um, they did another sample for us. So in the morning, Shona had gone to work actually. And I was sort of lying in bed. It was about 7am and I get this knock on the door and my best friend is standing there with, with a, a mason jar of <laughs> his sperm being like, Hey, like, here's another one for you. And then she was like, do you want a hand? And I was uh, like, no, I think, I think I can do it myself, but thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so so then I incentivized myself again, um, and that one worked. Wow. So that's the story. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So from that, from that time to when you found out you were pregnant, what was going on for you, or what did you feel any sort of confirmation? Did you did you feel like you know with your previous conversation of the universe and kind of aligning? Did, was there a part of you that was thinking? yeah, okay, this, this is it, you know, this, this worked. Yeah. You know what? Um, the first time we inseminated show looked at me in the eye and she said, you know, this is the one This is going to work. Mm. Um, and 
for me, I think that I was so used to being disappointed that I didn't let myself go there. I get it. Um, and I also, so fast. So it's like called the dreaded two week wait. So that two weeks in between, I'm sure, you know, like when you're sort of waiting that till you can pee on a stick and (laughs) take a pregnancy test. Um, and so, you know, the, the first week is always okay because you're like, Oh, you know, it's, like we've got a long way to go, but then that second week is like, can I pee on a stick yet? Can I pee on a stick mm-hmm. yet? You know? Um, so I actually happened to had like to ma- have made a, an appointment with my fertility doctor, um, sort of right on the two week wait, like mark of when like I could possibly be pregnant. And it was more to discuss sort of like what our next options were. Um, because at this point, you know, we had tried eight times unsuccessfully and we, you know, we're thinking about going through IVF. So I remember I, it was August 24th, I think, or 25th. Um, and I had peed on a stick that morning and it was negative. And so I was devastated mm. because I was so sure that it was going to work. And, and it had been two weeks and it was still negative and it was an early response test. And I was just completely beside myself. Mm-hmm. So I go to my doctor's appointment and um, I'm sitting in the waiting room and I was like, you know what, maybe I should just ask the nurse for a blood requisition to get my blood tested as well. Um, and so while I was waiting for him and he was a little bit late, I ended up, um, getting my blood work done. And then I went in to see him and it's funny because we spent about half an hour talking about IVF and what that would look like Mm. and what the cost would be. And then, you know, about 30 minutes into that conversation, I was like, oh, you know, I did actually get a blood test done, um, you know, just in case, because like I had peed on a stick this morning, but it was negative and blah, blah, blah. And I was just, you know, I was just so spent. Mm. And so he was like, oh, I'll go check for you. And I didn't realize they could check that quickly. So he go off, he goes and he comes back in and he shakes my hand. He's like, congratulations, you're pregnant. Wow. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, like pretty were, pretty were, crazy. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. What did you call Shona immediately? Like right there? Oh yeah, immediately. And I felt like so horrible that she wasn't there mm. when it happened. You know, so like I'm walking out of the fertility clinic and I was like, "Hi, babe." And she was like, "Hi." And I was like, "Guess what?" And she was like, "No." Oh. So yeah, like it was pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. And then did you contact um, Lauren and Josh afterwards as well? Yeah, we did actually. So we, um, and it's funny, we uh, FaceTimed with them and we had like sent them a little note being like, like, let's catch up to discuss sort of like our next steps Mm. in terms of like how we're going to make this work going forward because you guys live so far away. Mm. So we totally like pretended like it didn't work. And Mm. then we were able to call them and tell them that it, that we were pregnant. That is so magical. That's so cool. And so, I mean, where in the midst of all of this, was it even a discussion or did it not come up until you were pregnant to think about doing it at home? Where did that come into play? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that through this journey, um, 
I've become obsessed with pregnancy and like learning about pregnancy and learning about birth. And I also love birth. Like I think it's fascinating and amazing and such an empowering, beautiful thing. Um, and so, you know, I had started to do research about the differences between hospital and home birth. Um, you know, I listened to your podcast. I listened to a couple others, um, like a a couple other podcasts that talk about birth stories and, um, talk about different women's experiences. Um, but I think for me, um, doing it at home really came into play because I have um, high anxiety around hospitals. Okay. Um, and I feel like I want to be in my safe space. Mm. And I want to be able to trust my body and um, not have people trying to medically intervene with what is happening with me. Um, I mean, I think that it comes back from, like, it goes back to, I have a history of trauma in my life. Um, and so having other people do things to me is really difficult for me. So, um, doing it at home just feels right. It feels like, um, the right decision for me in terms of how I feel, um, in terms of my safety, Mm. um, which is, I think, really interesting because most people would say that they would feel more safe at a hospital, whereas I feel like it would be the opposite for me. Sure. You know, it's really fascinating as you described all of that, you know, your, your feelings about trusting your body and wanting to be in your own space and, you know, having, you know, interventions and how probably down to a cellular level, how your body responds to that, how that parallels your fertility journey and your, your journey of, of conception and what you yeah, were talking so about. Right. I mean, that whole universe working thing ain't no joke. You know, I just, I find it. Oh, absolutely. So interesting. And the way I you just described too, that. Um, that one, the one time that we tried and it worked, I didn't go to the fertility clinic at right. all that month. Right. So I had mm. monitored my ovulation myself. I was tracking my basal body temperature. I was peeing on ovulation sticks. And all the other months I had been at the fertility clinic for days and days getting blood work and ultrasounds and this, that, and the other. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that, you know, once I allowed my body to do its thing by itself, um, it felt safe to be, to become pregnant. So, yeah. That's amazing. And then also I think about you in planning for birth and particularly planning for a home birth, your whole process. And I mean, you, you dropped it along the way as you told your story this thing of learning to trust your body, learning to surrender to the process, whatever the process is, right? Um, Because there's some Mm -hmm. things you can control and influence, and then there's some you can't. So that dance, you've been doing it for years now. And that's what birth is. I mean, you've been through a really long labor. Is what (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. You described the whole thing. I'm like, that's just a, that's a, you know, sizable labor experience that you've been going through to now be welcoming baby in May, correct? Yeah. May 5th or that's the estimated death date. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. so how's Shona with the home birth journey and planning? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that again, you know, she's a little bit more conservative than I am. So I think that the home birth thing has been a journey of like a more difficult journey for her as well. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, for her, you know, birth happens in a hospital. And so it's taken some time and some learning on her part to get comfortable. Um, we have a really great midwife practice here in our town. Um, and they actually did a, a whole information night where we were able to go and they talk about the differences between home birth versus hospital birth, 
you know, statistics around the safety, all of the equipment that the midwives will bring mm. to the house. And so, like, I think that that really solidified her comfort in it um, to sort of understand that basically the midwives show up with like a hospital, yeah. you know, like they have, <laughs> they have the Pitocin, they have, you know, the lidocaine, if I tear, you know, they also are super great about explaining all the different sort of if ands, or buts of like what is happening and that they really look for, um, you know, they call them pink flags. So like if there are certain things that aren't going proper properly or that they become concerned about that, you know, they're going to transfer us before there's an emergent situation. Sure. So I think that that really has helped her comfort level with the whole thing. That's wonderful. That's very cool. And so what are some of your visions or desires as it relates to home birth? Is there anything that you are excited to experience or you're thinking you want to try or, you know, what's, what's gone into that uh, process? Yeah. So I think that um, I'm definitely interested in using, you know, water as a pain relief method. Mm-hmm. So whether that's in the shower or in a tub, we have quite a small tub. So I think, you know, I don't know if I want to go the route of renting a birth tub or if we want to sort of buy a blow up tool of some description. Um, but I definitely think that that will be, you know, helpful in terms of pain relief. Um, you know, we have a a ball, like a yoga ball. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that's something, um, you know, like just being able to be in my own space and, um, be able to labor, you know, here the way that I, the way my body wants to, I mean, I feel like I'm trying really hard to be open to understanding that I don't know what's going to happen in the moment. I don't know what my body's going to need. And so just to be able to be prepared with different, um, techniques, Mm -hmm. um, at the time. So, you know, moving through labor, walking, those sorts of things, you know, having show there, I think is really important to me and Mm. having her, you know, know how to, if I need counter pressure or whatever, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. And so are you planning to have anyone there besides midwives and, and show, or is that, have you talked about that? We have talked about that. So, um, we are, I believe we're going to hire a doula. Um, my natural path, who, you know, helped me along this journey as well. Um, she is a doula. And so I think like, we're probably going to use her, um, show notes her as well because show like she's also shows naturopath. So I feel like it works out quite nicely. Mm. Um, and then we are considering having a close friend come to take pictures. Mm. Um, I did just listen to your most recent podcast and you were talking about hiring a birth photographer and that's something that you know, I would love to do. I just don't know that it's in our budget because I see all these amazing birth photos and I would love to have that. Um, but hopefully our friend will, you know, do a great job too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and you know, put it out into the universe. You, you have a few weeks for something really cool to manifest (laughs) if you, you know, want something else. So, um, Mm -hmm. and I have no doubt in your abilities to manifest based on, everything that you've just told me and shared with me so beautifully and so openly with this, with this candor and this sweetness. Uh, it's just really beautiful, Caitlin. I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm so, you know, overjoyed for you and for show and your whole family. Um, and I mean, gosh, this is exciting. Isn't this exciting? (laughs) It is exciting. It's, it's crazy. It feels like it's been such a journey and now, you know, the pregnancy has just flown by. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you looking forward to most or what do you 
want to do or say when you finally meet baby? Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so excited to have those moments of skin to skin. Um, I'm so, I think I'm even more excited to have show have those moments of Mm. skin to skin. So for me, like I really, I'm really excited about giving birth and everything, but I'm so excited to give birth so that show can finally meet this amazing, beautiful human being who is growing inside of me. Mm. Um, yeah. And gender is unknown at this stage, I'm guessing. Yeah. Gender is unknown at this moment. Um, you know, I think gender is a tricky thing mm. for me in terms of, um, you know, just being LGBTQ. I'm really aware of, you know, how we impose gender sure. on people so readily. And so, like, I really want my baby to feel free to explore who they are without, you know, giving them a label right away. Ooh, that resonates. I think that's that's beautiful. And I, it's really an honor to be able to have this platform to share your story and to share your family growing like, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tearing. I'm the one tearing <laughs> up over here. Um, just because uh, it's just amazing. And so I, I appreciate and want to honor your, uh, just who you are and, and, and being you and your, your courage and your strength and fortitude to go through this process, which does not sound like it's been easy by a long shot at times, but to just have that, that greater something within you driving and moving forward to, you know, keep doing what is in your heart and what aligns with you and show and your family. And so I just, you know, wanted to take this space and moment to just shower you in all good vibes and things because it's really beautiful. Thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate what you and Matthew are doing. And so I'm so happy to be able to, you know, use your platform to share my story and Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, help other people who, you know, are on similar journeys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this isn't over too. We're going to do a part two and it's going to be awesome. And we got to get show on too. And then hopefully we're hearing baby coos in the background. So it's like the trio. I would love love (laughs) show to be a part of it as well. That would be so great. Yes. We'll definitely have to do that for sure. Cool. Cool. Uh, Thank you so much again, Caitlin. Really appreciate you. And we'll be talking to you soon. So don't go anywhere. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.